Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, Sean. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. That's how we have to. That's how you can tell that this is like not a, on a uh, a microphone where you have to watch the numbers pass. <laughs> it's like you can use that Zoom stuff. It's it's how it always begins. All right. So uh, today we're going to record a podcast about the book we've been working on, and uh, I, I we kind of talked about the idea of like, well, maybe we'll read a few chapters into the podcast. And uh, I'm not sure if people like it or not, or if it's of value. But we'll uh, we'll find out. So, uh, um, Sean, uh, um, you're you've listened to most of my podcasts, is that right? Yeah. And uh, there was a podcast at some point in time where I said, uh, "Wow, I really wish that there was somebody who would help me take all the." a bunch of the junk that I've written and mash it into a book. And so you heard that podcast. Yeah. And then you, what did you do then? <laughs> I thought, um, maybe I'll send him an email. And I thought, well, no, surely he's like, he's talking about maybe one of his friends will do it with him. Like <laughs> and I thought he'd be so busy that he'd never actually even answer me. And I got a response like the next day apologizing for the late response. <laughs> and yeah, like a few days later, suddenly I was writing a book. And uh, I think our first pass at it was we were kind of thinking like, okay, this is going to be like a five or six week long thing. Just grab a bunch of my stuff. So we, we, we threw together a table of contents and then it's like, let's just grab the stuff I've already written that goes with this, mash it into something that smells roughly like a book, and then we'll do a Kickstarter. Um, and uh, uh, somewhere along the line, like hip deep into the third or fourth week, we found that we were really enjoying the process, and we wanted like all of the details of every sentence to be better. And then at, at some point it's kind of like we, we had that whole thing where, cause I kind of thought that if we just slap it together, we put it together as a book and put it out there, which is like what so many people do. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. There might be 800 people that would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that book. Um, you know, and then, some point we kind of thought, you know, this could, the information in this book could really make a difference. And, and the way that we get it to really make a difference is we take the time and we really polish every sentence. And so we made a commitment to doing that. And now we're about 80% done. And, it, and it's been, uh, what, like eight months? Yeah, eight months now, I think. So, uh, uh, 
So, so Sean, do you have any qualifications for writing this book? <laughs> uh, I listened to all of your podcasts. I've read a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, I've done a few things, and I get stuff done. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds like awesome qualifications <laughs> <laughs> to me. Is like it's just it's hard work and getting it done. And um, we have made a lot of progress. I mean, it's like uh, I, I suppose some people could look and and not see much, but I feel like we. I mean, like eighty percent of the book is like I think ready to go on to the next level. Well, when I go through certain files and I look and I see like, oh, we're on revision eight for this chapter. And then I go and read what we used to have and what we have now. It's like, oh, this is like 20 times better than what we had before. So. All right. So I think I think it's time to like uh, go go into our, our list of notes we wanted to put into this podcast. So, so the very top of the list is the title of the book. Yeah. And um Oh, geez. I, I think we've got about five hours invested just in the title of the book. And, yeah. and there's been so much back and forth. And I think the title of the book is pretty much what we started with, but we sure went through a lot of other titles until it's like, you know what? This is, this is what we want. This is, and so it's like, so we still have people telling us that you got to change the title. And it's like, yeah, no, that one's that one's locked down now. Yeah, let's, let's go with the the title is in cement. So go ahead. What's the title? Building a better world in your backyard instead of being angry at bad guys. So I know that we now have probably I okay. So like I alone now just on the cover, I probably have six and a half hours put into the cover. Oh, I bet gosh. I bet I you have to how long I put in on. 10. I think that there are a bunch of other people who have a bunch of time put into the cover. But one of the things that I know that with the, with the cover of the book that we've been talking about is, okay, um, we're saying backyard, and we really don't want people to think that this is a book about gardening. <laughs> so building a better world in your backyard. And so we put a lot of emphasis on the cover of the book to be not backyard. And, um, and so there's, uh, uh, stuff on the book that makes it clear that it's like finances, uh, stuff inside your home. Um, and, and one of the icons I wanted on the book, so there's like 12 little icons on the front of the book. And so one of the ones I felt was really important got cut because yeah. we just don't have the room for it. I, I wanted a little icon. Uh, featuring a spray bottle, so that way we could, because part of what we're going to talk about is toxic gick in your home. Um, and I think I think most toxic gick in your home is going to come from what you clean your home with. Um, but that little icon didn't make the cut. Um, and so now there, I've said it, I've shared it. <laughs> and I think, I think what we should say though, what we shouldn't forget is that. Um, we shared an older version of the cover with a whole bunch of people um, who don't know yet until they hear this that we have a new cover. Um, That's true. That's so true. If you've seen the old cover, you might be wondering what's this business with all the icons. There's a new cover, hopefully coming out soon. Right, right. It's um, 
so the the old cover I thought that the old cover was a little simplistic and a little empty and not because I kind of feel like for when I was 18 years old I was a DJ at my local college and then DJ met something all I did was I played songs on the radio <laughs> Uh, today that means something totally different, but but the thing is, is that uh, of course you know, like many eighteen-year-olds, I loved music, and part of it was these album covers were such such magnificent art, and so in a way, this is going to be the album cover for our band. <laughs> That's right. And I I kind of felt like the cover before was like not much of an album cover for our band. Um, you know, it was it was pretty simple, pretty basic. It was it was okay. And I was kinda of like, Yeah, let's get on with it's good enough, let's get on with writing the book. And um but now that we've spent some time with this new cover design stuff, I'm liking it so much more than the old one. And it it feels a little bit more like you know the our album cover. Um, I'm I'm feeling better about it, uh, but there is uh, you know one issue like like we're both agreeing on. I mean it's a bit amazing too about how when we go to write all this stuff, how we've done. I think we've we've had agreement on a good ninety nine percent or more of what we have written together. And then when it seems like 99% of the time that you recommend a change, I'm like, Oh, that's a good point. Let's do that. And vice versa. Um, But on the cover, we do have one thing that we differ on. And so we do hope to uh, uh, present that soon. Like uh, probably in a week, we'll do a poor man's poll at Permis. We'll announce it on the daily ish and we'll invite everybody to come and look at these two, book covers and vote for the one that they think is better. And I'm, I'm intentionally trying to not say which one I like versus the uh, one I like. Yes. We'll have to be very impartial. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so whichever one I post at the top of the post, that's, that's the one you want to vote. No, 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 it's, it's mine. <laughs> Mine's going to be first. <laughs> we'll probably have to do a coin flip for that. <laughs> Or ask somebody else to do it. Oh, right. Good, good one. Good point. Good point. All right. Um, all right. So here, here's what we're done. This, this, uh, this book is for people in an apartment as well as for people that have a yard or that have acreage. And uh, the book is going to be divided into several pieces. So there's going to be the introduction. Then we're going to cover. Uh, We've selected three footprints, three uh, uh, three problem footprints, um, carbon footprint, um, petroleum footprint, and a third one, which, you know, it, it might take a moment to get used to it, <laughs> but we're calling it toxic fairy dust. So basically toxicity, but we wanted a metric to measure each one because carbon footprint the average person is, uh, the average adult is 30 tons per year. That's both direct and indirect. Um, and then uh, with uh, petroleum, for the average person, it's um, 1,000 gallons per year, and that's direct and indirect. 
And so we've made up a metric for toxic fairy dust. But, those, but I mean, there's so many other problems in the world. It's like we've got to limit this book. In fact, I think that it's part of the introduction, which we're going to, what we're going to do is the introduction is still a work in progress, but we've got it to the point where we think it is like uh, ready to be moved into the next phases of uh, editing and things of that nature. Um, uh, in fact, that that would be another podcast to talk about publishing a book and what all's involved. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm uh, we I have learned a lot. I know you've learned a lot. We've learned a lot in this process. Um, but there's um, several layers of editing that need to happen after this, and then the layout and and there's going to be uh, other varieties of fine tuning. But we're kind of thinking that by sharing this in the podcast that it's possible that we'll get a few more last-minute tidbits of suggestions to uh, make modifications to the book before we uh, the Kickstarter starts. Uh, the Kickstarter will be starting on January 2nd. And so um, uh, we, we think we're going to have the book done probably in another month and a half or so, but we're thinking that the time from there to January 2nd is an opportunity to polish. And mostly, it's not wise to have a Kickstarter uh, at the end of a, of a year. It's, it's better to start it on January 2nd. So that's, that's, that's our current plan. Um, all right, so the book is divided into several pieces. Uh, the introduction, then the footprints, and then this, the rest of the book is the solutions. And um, it's four different sections. So the first section is about uh, Zone zero, 00, which is going to be general life strategies, finances. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wheaton Eco Scale, organic versus local, other food choices. So things that are more about within your person that you just choose or decide or think about or, or whatever. Uh, I think we've done some really amazing things with finances. In fact, I believe you said, Sean, that that was your favorite chapter. It was at that point. I'm not sure if it is anymore, not because it sucks, but because I think we have some other really good ones. But I really enjoyed writing that one and thinking about it. Okay. Go back and reread it. What what might be your favorite chapter now? You put me on the spot. Oh, okay. (laughs) Never mind. I just thought if you had a new favorite that, you know, okay, okay. Uh, The next part of the book is – uh, zone zero, stuff inside your house. So we're going to talk about energy use. Yes, I'm going to talk about those stupid fucking light bulbs. Um, uh, you know what? This is a good time, too, to point out that one of the things that we're doing here with this book is we are working to take, like, a three-hour-long podcast or a big essay that I've written or a collection of essays that I've written and condense it down into a rather perfect five minutes as opposed to, you know, so it's like less fluff, more concentrated stuff. And, and I think that uh, uh, I can't remember, but we're about to read the introduction, so maybe I'll be reminded of um, how it's like basically there's just libraries and libraries of information, and it's all going to be condensed into this book, which is about, um, 200 pages. We're shooting for keeping it under 200 pages. So I think one of the things that gets brought up 
about five times a day is, does this sentence earn its real estate? And then the other thing is, is can we take these two paragraphs and condense it down to a sentence? And so we play this game a lot. And the other one is, is like, here's a sentence, and can we make this sentence half as long? So we are just, we are really, really fighting for every bit of space in this book. Because there's, there is, there's so much to say. But we gotta, you know, we gotta condense it down. So, all right, all right. So, uh, stuff inside your house, energy use. So we, so there's a, I'll, because I really think that right now when you go and you see a web page about how to cut your energy use or whatever, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's, yeah, it's crap through and through. And it's like, you know, uh, the tips that they give are just stupid. Phantom loads? Fuck phantom loads. They don't do shit. They, the other thing is, is that we put a strong focus on this book about how to have a more luxuriant life. And in fact, there's going to be a table at the end that's going to, uh, try to gauge how much luxury you gain by adopting these ideas. Um, and, and, uh, cause that's the other thing too is so many of those things, so many of those stupid fucking lists that are out there, it's like about sacrifice. So all you got to do is turn your thermostat down to 65 and put on a sweater. And it's like, no, that's sacrifice, man. Now you're cold. No, how to have a more luxuriant life. All right. Uh, energies for, for Zone Zero, toxic dick in the home, and we're going to touch on the biggest topic in all of permaculture community. And so, but and by touch on you mean like the smallest, like oh yeah, I mean it's like you know uh, it could be six libraries and we're gonna try and fit it into two pages. Yeah, I think all the rest of the book really fits into like a quarter of a library, but the community stuff that would fill six libraries, and we're gonna try and you know condense it down to like what eight pages, um, yeah. something like that. I can't remember how long that section is, but we, and then I think another thing is, is that a big, big part, a huge part of what's in this book is what's not in all the other books. And, and it's like, uh, uh, in fact, what was it about a month ago? I, I, uh, I, I contacted you and I said, Oh shit. Hey, Sean. Uh, I watched this movie last night. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like how to how to you know how to build a better world in your backyard instead of being angry at bad guys. Holy shit, it's like our book. I mean, all this time and work, we're just gonna flush it down the toilet. And it's like and and worst of all, I saw the movie and apparently it's based on this guy who wrote a book. It's it's, he's trying to take his book that he wrote and put it into a movie. And so I'm, like, kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, all this work has been so much work. And and it's, and it's like, oh, somebody already did it. Somebody did this. So I watched the movie, and it's like, <laughs> we have nothing to worry about. 
damn, we're good. <laughs> this guy wrote a book? Really? And what was his stuff? It was like regurgitated bullshit? I mean, okay, I don't want to say it was bullshit, but okay, the, the guy's stuff, it, it was like, okay, here's how, here's how you're going to you build a better world in your backyard instead of being a bad guys. Uh, first step, you're going to meditate a lot. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, what? So I'm hitting Not eating on meditation here. So I'm watching the movie and I'm kind of like skipping ahead, getting past the meditation section. And then he's like, okay, I, uh, I got grease up to my armpits by converting my diesel vehicle to be able to accept veggie oil. And then it shows him driving around town, getting veggie oil. And I'm like, that is not a more luxuriant life. This guy is working his ass off to go get a few gallons of veggie oil so he could be tooling around with veggie oil. But I kind of feel like um, veggie oil is getting pretty scarce because enough people have been doing this. Plus, the other thing is is that, to me, monkeying with a car to get it to work on veggie oil is not my idea of luxuriant. It's not my idea of a good time. It's not my idea of natural building. What I think is far more luxuriant is to design systems in such a way that you can have a car sitting there and you just hardly ever use it. You know, it's like I could drive everywhere. I could go wherever I want, whenever I want. I go get in that car. I go to the movies. I get in my car. I could go to Disneyland, get my car, go to Seattle, get my car, and I could go for a drive and look at all the things. I get my car whenever I want. And then it turns out that what you got going on at home is so awesome that you just don't feel like you ever getting your car. You don't have a commuter job anymore. You don't, you know, you got enough food, you're not driving to the store to buy food or driving to the restaurant to get food. You got, you got such a rich life in your, uh, you know, where you are, that's my idea of more luxuriant. All right. I can't remember what else this guy had. Oh, solar panels. It's like, uh, oh, look at it. It's solar panels. There they are. So uh, anyway, I watched this. He did mention uh, Joseph Jenkins. Joseph Jenkins was in the movie, and uh, uh, they talked about humanor. But, um, I, and I kind of feel like, yay. That that was that was some good stuff. Of course, I do believe at this time that the human earth system is not scalable, but I am glad that that made it into his movie and his book. Um, I can't remember. I mean, it was a month ago, but all right. So back, I was I was kind of like going through this list of stuff. Um, uh, I, I was getting to the point where there's actual backyard stuff. And so uh, for the uh, third section of solutions in the book, third part of the book, it's literally backyard. So garden stuff, but not the garden stuff you would find in any gardening book. I mean, you know, and uh, I mean, we are going to touch on a couple things like Google culture and whatnot, but um, uh, we're going to actually kind of, you know, counter a lot of gardening knowledge. Um and then uh, uh, gray water, um, uh, we're going to have some stuff about gray water, and we're going to have some stuff about harvesting electricity. Um, and then finally, homestead-level stuff, so where you've got some acres. And we're going to talk about critters. We're going to talk about uh, the art of replacing petroleum with people. 
We're going to talk about poop beasts, uh, the debate about orchard ver- versus food forest. Uh, there'll be a quick talk about wafatis and uh, natural swimming pools and a few other things. So that's there's there's a quick overview of the book. Um, so Sean, I'm. I, do you have anything to add to this at any point? No, no I think not yet. All right. Okay, all right. So we're shooting for about 200 pages, black and white. We went back and forth on general format. I don't know how many times, but in the end, um, uh, we wanted. We decided. At black and white, the, the cost of getting the book printed ends up being about half, which means that um, uh, I believe we can get this book into a lot more hands a lot easier because it's a less expensive book. Right. Um, and uh, we are going to have a fair bit of line art images, and so Tracy Wandling is working on that. Um, and it's been looking really good. Um, yeah, I continue to be impressed when I see the like when I see the drafts rolling in, and it's like, oh. There are people in the world who can draw. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you saw some of my paint magic today. That was yeah. the best I can do. Your, your, I mean, I think my, the stuff I draw is pretty awful, but I'm here to say that yours is worse. I disagree. I think mine's better than yours. <laughs> They're both brutal, so don't um, hire us to do any uh, drawing for you. All right. Um uh, first, we thought it was going to take about six weeks. Uh, okay, I talked about the part about uh, 2,000. We thought we'd print it for like maybe 800 people, maybe 1,000, maybe after 10 years, 2,000 people would have like read this book. But now the, the mantra that we're going for is, is that uh, we want to make it, we want to polish it so much that it's for 200 million people to read. And uh, we're going to go through uh, two phases of professional editing uh, paid for by the Kickstarter um, and uh, professional layout. Profession- we're going to do professional stuff to, to make this happen. Um, but, you know, and then, um, uh, oh, by the way, we started this in February. We're going to do the Kickstarter in January, too. So it's like by the time this thing is done, it will have been a year of effort. And while we've been doing this, I kind of think, well, the next book, if if we decide if we decide to do another book, and how well it does, because that's the other thing too, is like, holy crap, if 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 we do this, if we do all this work for a year, and then we do the Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter is weak, I don't think we want to write any more books. That was, I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're good. We're all done. That was. Did that once? That was like not even a dollar an hour. <laughs> um, and it's like, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, I, I do think though that, um, <laughs> the function of this book is a little bit different. <clears throat> so rather than somebody buying this book for their own edification, we are right. designing this book top to bottom through and through with the idea that a person is going to buy like 20, 20 copies and give them away because it's about infecting the infecting brains with this stuff. So uh, we're trying to make it very digestible by people who do not want to digest this information. 
and that the book will be uh, a gift. Um, and, and it's like, you know, hey, look, I've got a book for you. And look, I highlighted some parts in there and uh, I don't know, something like that. So um, we're, we're coming up with uh, a bunch of different ways to be able to give, give the book away. Um, and <clears throat> we're going to dominantly sell it by the dozen. And we, we hope to make it like really cheap for people by the dozen, you know. Right. And so that's our one or you could buy 12. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're setting it. So for physical books, the price will be something like 20 bucks. But if you buy a dozen, the price will be something like $7. Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, um, more, more information on that as we get closer to doing an actual Kickstarter. Um, but, but that's our general goal. And I, I'm hoping that there'll be some people that'll buy like 50 of them and be, be giving them out to lots and lots of people. Um, and, uh, uh, so that's, that's our big audience. And, and for the, for the few people, you know, that, that really groove on the things in this podcast, <clears throat> I think, I think it's really for those people, the people that are so passionate about the things that we talk about and this extremely different way of thinking that this would be, uh, uh something they could hand off to kind of, um, help to convey uh, a general summary of, of what this is. And hopefully uh, the book will be fun enough, entertaining enough uh, to be an easy read for somebody that's reluctant to digest this information. Right. Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons that I, I started working on this with you is like, I want a book like this to exist so I can give it to people who care a lot, but don't have the information or the knowledge or whatever. Say here, like, this can help you. But there was no book like that out there. So now I had to write one so that I can give it to people. Well, I, I think that there are books out there that that do that. But then when you, the few that I've seen, including like this movie we were just talking about, which is based on a book, it's kind of like um, buy fluorescent light bulbs. And now the message is buy LED light bulbs, which I've already made a podcast about why LED sucks. In fact, uh, uh, since we already have a podcast about L- how LED sucks compared to incandescent, in writing this book, you have put an enormous amount of research into LEDs, and you have fact-checked everything that we're saying. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, you got very angry. <laughs> you this is the most passionate that I've ever heard, and you're like, we got to make this chapter three times bigger because people aren't going to know how bad LEDs really are. And and so you want to do a quick little summary of what your research turned up? Yeah, I'll try to remember that. It was a number of months ago. Um, I think one of the big things was that the quality of the light made a big difference um, and that people say, oh, you know, LEDs are, like, great. They've got, like, perfect light quality and I did a bunch of research there's a thread about it out at Permies you can go and find it I think it's called like the quality of LED light and I found a whole bunch of like spectrum diagrams and everything that were basically concerned about the amount of blue light in a lot of LEDs and that blue light at night is like really bad for you because blue light is generally the stuff that's like during the day 
So when you turn on your lights that have a lot of blue in them during the night, then your body is like, hey man, it's during the day, and it screws up all your sleep cycles. Now, there's like the warm light and the cool light LEDs, so one of them is better than the other, but there's, yeah, there's still a bunch of work that needs to be done there. Yeah, the spectrum on our warm lights is still like not that great. Um, and I mean, there's, so there's this stuff about the, about the blue light and whatnot, to be sure. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like there was all kinds of other things that, um, it's like there was a bunch of stuff I didn't even know about on how bad LEDs were. Um, but, all right. That You'll might read the book. To that, that might be another podcast for another day to just put in the stuff that's about about that uh, about how awful LED light is. And so basically, it was it was the the stuff that you dug up makes it really clear that uh, you should light your house with incandescents, which are now illegal. Um, and so, <laughs> what a what a hilarious uh, turn of events this has been. Um. I, I think now's a good time to give a shout out to the people. So we've, we've done some stuff where, uh, we've taken a few of the chapters and we've put them, there's a, if you're signed up for the dailyish, uh, email, we have a forum that is a private forum just for people that are signed up for the dailyish email. We've put some chapters in there and gotten some great feedback. And then there's also, uh, we put some different chapters into the Pi form, which is a private form for people who have bought, uh, Pi. So the people who have supported the permies.com website by Pi, by buying Pi, uh, they have a private forum. And so we put some chapters in there. Um, it, it, uh, also for everybody who supported our Kickstarters in the past, there's a private forum called the Secret Inner Circle. And we've posted some chapters, some different chapters in there. And between these three, we have gotten a lot of really excellent feedback. And uh, so thank you to all those people that have been shaping this book with us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and we hope that by listening to this podcast right now, then uh, give feedback in the thread at Permies um, to make any changes that you think of, you know, that we should – it should be in this uh, book, possibly. Now, we'll see how it kind of goes. I mean, if there's a lot of feedback, I think we'll do some more chapters in this format before the Kickstarter, get feedback and, and put in any last-minute polish. But um, I don't know. It's it's always hard to tell, like, whether people are like, that was awesome or that was weak, you know. So, well, one, you know, the best way to gauge it generally is, like, how much uh, conversation we see in uh, in the forums afterwards, on the threads for each podcast. Which I suppose is something that a lot of people might not know, is that for every podcast, there is a matching thread at Hermes where you can go and leave your comments. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's see. Oh, and a last little uh, business note uh, before we get into reading this chapter. Uh, I have now officially split my Patreon account into two Patreon accounts, one for podcasts and one for YouTube videos. We'll see if that changes anything. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who contacted me, and they said, I want to support you on Patreon, but you, when you put out, like, five videos and there's no podcast, I don't I don't watch the videos. I just, you know, consume the podcast. So now um, the original uh, Patreon account is now for podcasts only. 
Um, and I've created a new Patreon account, which is for videos only. Um, and uh, so we'll we'll see who wins. <laughs> but but because we've divided, now we're back into this space where um, they're each putting uh, a small enough amount in that it's I'm I'm running in the red again for for doing this stuff. So I hope that the uh, whereas. For a while there, there was a glitch in Patreon. I can't remember if I mentioned this in a previous podcast. Uh, there was a glitch in Patreon that said, like, you're getting $300 for Artifact. And and it's like, suddenly, uh, I really wanted to do this stuff. Like, I was going to, like, put a lot more into the podcast. And for a while, we did. We, we cranked out a lot more podcasts and videos. Um, we were kind of getting back into that. And then it turned out to be a Patreon glitch. Um, and I... I ended up like at the end of the month, I thought I was going to get $3,500 and it's like, here it is, $500. And it's like, oh, I did so much work and I paid all those people all that money and I went way in the red. And so, damn. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I'm going to still put out videos and podcasts no matter what happens with Patreon. But I do want to say that, you know, if if I can get uh, a lot of Patreon support, I'll, I'll put out a lot more. And we've got a lot of ideas for good more. All right. So, Sean, I think I'm ready to go into uh, reading this chapter, which yeah. is a pretty short chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like it's about two and a half pages long. It is the introduction, a different approach to solving the world's problems. And I start off <clears throat> with a quote from uh, uh, Charles Dickens from A Tale of Two Cities, uh, which is, uh, this is the very beginning of the book, and I'm sure everybody's going to be bored stupid as they hear me uh, read this off. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Now, of course, he's writing about, like, I believe the year 1863 or something like that. Um, and yet I, it fits rather perfectly with today, too. So that's why now I'm writing. And these are this is the very first sentence out of uh, um, my book. It is the best of times. We have internet, cars, jets, space travel, movies, electricity, and comforts for the masses far beyond the imagination of Dickens. It is the worst of times. Political debate continues on whether the human species will survive the coming climate change. Mercury in the atmosphere has made all fish toxic, even fish in the most remote wilderness. The palate for toxins has changed. It is more subtle, but far more dangerous and varied. We now have massive patches of garbage in our oceans, and we continue to route sewage laden with toxic waste into many of our waterways. Cancer kills 12 times more adults now and 400 times more children. War, starvation, and poverty have yet to be rooted out. 
We now have AIDS and a collection of new illnesses we are struggling to understand. Most of our electronics have the shame of modern slavery woven into them. Our addictions to these toys forfeits our privacy to a variety of nefarious entities. Not to mention, we... Sorry about that. I smacked the pause button on the dark stuff. (laughs) The list still runs on for a few hours, but it was twisting my innards, and I think you get the general vibe. The list of global problems is massive and overwhelming. When confronted with such significant problems, our first instinct is to tell the bad guys to stop being bad. Of course, doing so would be on a rigged playing field. For each person that actually does write a letter or confront the bad guys, there might be a thousand people that simply develop an ulcer. All right, so as I'm reading this, Sean's typing. <laughs> I can see him typing, and you're like, say, so you said, pause here. You got a thing to add, Sean? Yeah, so we talked about reading through this and then making a few comments along the way. So, yes. Um, so some things we wanted to talk about. Um, I had a question from someone at one point asking about the mercury issue. They said, I've never heard about the mercury thing. What's that from? And that's... I mean, almost exclusively coming from coal plants, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, I suspect it's coming from 150 different sources, but I'm going to, based on the hundreds of different things that I've read, I'm going to speculate that 94% of the mercury in our atmosphere is coming from coal plants. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, do you feel like we need to find out put that in here somewhere no i think we're good i think just wanted to clarify some people might be like why is there suddenly mercury in the atmosphere i i think that the profound thing is is that most people believe that if you you know hike for 20 miles into some deep remote wilderness somewhere (laughs) where cars are not allowed to go and you and so you get way way up into these mountains and you encounter uh, a pristine lake that hasn't been, hasn't seen humans for a year, that if you catch a fish out of that, that it, it will not have mercury. But no, that has, that has mercury also. It, 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 it's still going to, and it's going to have almost as much mercury as fish in the ocean. And then when you start talking about fish in the ocean, it gets more complicated because um, you know, there's going to be fish that eat fish that eat fish that eat fish. And so then the fish that are the oldest and at the top of the food chain, the mercury has concentrated in them, you know, dramatically to the point that they're almost dead from just mercury poisoning themselves. Yeah. And then that's like who we catch. So tuna has a lot of mercury. In it. Those things are huge. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, but I think that the important thing is, is that, yeah, the mercury content of the fish in that remote wilderness lake is comparable to the mercury content, you know, artificial mercury content. You know, like it's, that wasn't there a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, it's comparable to that in our oceans. 
So I, I think that's the, that's the point that most people have never heard is, you know, or that they haven't made the connection about. And so when you, when you start to think about this, like, you know, um, like either A, I like to eat fish or B, I always thought fish was a very good food to eat. And, and it's like, uh, surely the mercury wouldn't be that bad. I mean, the government wouldn't allow that. It's like, actually, it's kind of the government that's doing it to you, man. And, um, uh, and so it's, I, I think a lot of it is, is that, uh, you know, if, if people learn about this, maybe they're worried that there'll be panic or something, but it's kind of like, um, uh, and the other thing, I, I think another part of it is, is that our dependence on energy is pretty strong and people don't get a picture of how they could even reduce their energy without, um, uh, sacrifice. And, and it's kind of like, uh. And I think that's a big part of what our book is. Now, I know that you and I have talked several times about, like, adding more versus putting the book out right now. <laughs> yes. Because we're kind of thinking, like, wow, the the world is is in serious trouble. Yeah. And it seems like each day makes a big difference. And we got to get this material out sooner. Um. And it's it's like uh, uh, right now when it comes to solving a lot of these problems, um, uh, people just are not aware of the solutions. And we've got a we've got an event going on here right now where we're doing a roundwood timber framing thing, and there's um, a whole bunch of people here. And just last night, um, I was they were we were talking about this kind of thing, and I. And I said, look at this. Okay, so here we are, we're talking, and we're, we're, we're all, we're sitting next to this rocket mass heater, and it's kind of like, this thing all by itself solves a whole bunch of the world's problems. This, you know, you want to talk about carbon footprint. I mean, this thing, this thing does more for carbon footprint than the top 10 list from, um, uh, Al Gore. You know, and and in fact, didn't we don't we have in here somewhere like when we get into the carbon footprint? Yeah, we do. We we have like what are the suggestions from like eight other organizations for how to curb your carbon footprint? Like the top, the top. Spoiler alert! It's not fun. The top, the top. Uh, like we went through the top ten recommendations from the top eight sources about carbon footprint. And their suggestions were pretty fucking weak. It's like, wow, you know, and, and sacrifice, lots of sacrifice for very little difference. And, and so it's like the, I, I believe the need for our book is huge, of course, but people don't know. A lot of people don't care. A lot of people think that it's a bunch of horse shit. So, um, uh, and there's nothing to be worried about. I mean, their home team just won the sports award, so you know, <laughs> surely everything is awesome. Um, anyway, uh, all right. And now, the other thing I wanted to point out before we move on okay. is um, we talk about smacking the pause button on the dark stuff, and I just want to mention for people who are maybe you know haven't heard more about the book or whatever, like this. This really is about it for the dark stuff for the entire book. 
We are going to, I mean, we do have a section dedicated to the three footprints. We do, but we don't spend like six pages saying why there's such an issue and why they suck and why we should yeah. be depressed about it. We, right. We're trying to have a book that is very strongly focused on solutions and solving problems. And solutions that uh, that you can do at home. Not There's there's nothing in this book about political solutions. Like, like the government should go buy a bazillion solar panels. Actually, I'm just thinking, I'm wondering if we use the word government at all. I'm not sure. If we do it, we're using it in this introduction. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've read the introduction. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. but yeah, government or bad guys, you know, companies, you know, at the, the top of the list is going to be Monsanto probably. Um, I mean, there's going to be big pharma, big oil, um, you know, a bunch of those guys are going to be the, our, our, uh, rogues gallery, but we don't really talk about them either. Do we? I mean, we kind of do. I remember there's at one point where we talk about, like in the horticultural section, yeah. Don't don't buy compost. It's going to contain persistent herbicides. Well, yeah, and we talk about um, native plant enthusiasm and how that's, and how that's funded by herbicides. yeah, it's funded by Chemag. So, we we talk about it, but we don't spend pages going into why it all sucks and we should be sad. Right. So <clears throat> I I don't know. I, I imagine that the people that are listening to this are like, yeah, I guess it'll be nice to have that book around and maybe other people will read it. I, I don't know. To me to me and you, I know you and I have had this conversation many times. I, I, to, to me and you, this will be the most important book the world has ever seen, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> It'll sell more than the Bible. <laughs> but, but it's like I, I, I'm – I'm also stealing myself at like, uh, you know, the interest is going to be just for our select group. Maybe, um, I sure hope it's going to, I sure hope that, I hope that this is going to be the biggest Kickstarter that I've ever had because this is not only we put, cause like the other Kickstarters, it's like there's a few months of work that go into each of those and we, we have put in a good hard year. Yeah, and and it's like um, I'm kind of wigged out. I mean, I've never written a book before, um, but I, at the same time, I feel like this is so important. So I I don't know. I'm I feel it. I like ah, oh, I want everybody to read this book. But okay, <laughs> all right. Um, hey, keep going. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. About seven years ago. A friend contacted me to tell me he had become obsessed with fracking. He was actively protesting two or three times a week. He lived in Colorado, so I asked him how he heats his home with actual gas. After all of his protesting, it never occurred to him that he was feeding the monster. When I pointed this out to him, his first response was to switch to electric heat. I pointed out the environmental problems with electric heat, including how natural gas is being used to generate electricity. So then he contemplated going without heat. (laughs) Yikes! For nearly every global problem, there are solutions we can implement in our backyard that also save us money 
and help us live a more luxuriant life. A few of us do these things and bask in the glow of the opulence and extra cash. Others observe and think, I want luxury and money too, not fair. And then they emulate, and on and on it goes. Then the global problems sort of just dry up and blow away. That is what this book is all about. I think the reason we see so many people angry is because they authentically care. But they seem to get stuck at being angry. Some people spend a 100 hours a week for 20 years being angry and not much changes. But I think that if you spend a tiny fraction of that time doing the things mentioned in this book, your global positive impact will be a thousand times greater. This book is one massive steaming pile of my opinion. Well, our opinion. About 70% of the book is made from articles, podcasts, videos, presentations, and interviews I, Paul, have shared publicly. And then Sean and I spent the better part of a year polishing it and augmenting it to make it a single cohesive piece in order to express a collective position. Because these thoughts and experiences were Paul's before Sean came along, we agreed to maintain the first-person presentation. So when you read this book in your head, you can read it in Paul's voice, or at least what you imagine it sounding like. At the same time, we agreed that there'd be no word in this book that Sean disagreed with unless there was some sort of note showing dissent. Which, for the record, there are none of. And yeah, okay. So that sentence might be removed by the time this is published. Yeah, I mean, when we started doing this, we kind of had this idea of, like, there could be a sidebar showing our debate about certain points. And we don't disagree enough, though. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. Except Once when everyone it comes to the, votes for my cover, then we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, or the better cover. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of like what else is there that's even close. Like the cover has been the biggest item so far. Yeah. And that has not really even been that much of an issue. It's like we're going. We have. We've already hammered out ways that we're going to sort it out. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> the points made in these chapters have been run by thousands of people to be further polished, tested, and contested. We have attempted to go through every sentence of this book many times to make sure that we have properly qualified each statement. That said, it is still possible that there is a stumble or two in these pages. Let us know, and we'll get that fixed up for the next edition of this book. Oh, look, we haven't even put this book out. We're already talking about another edition. How presumptuous of us. Yeah. Jeez. Arrogance. Arrogance much? Um. Making a comprehensive list of the known global problems would fill several books. The thoughts I have so far on solving these issues could fill a few hundred books. Sean and I have agreed to limit our focus to just a few global problems, skip past a lot of the explanations, and hit just the most important points for each solution. In other words, we have a lot more to say about this, but it wouldn't fit 
in this small of a book. We have included links in the footnotes if you want more information on a particular topic or if you want to discuss these topics with thousands of others who are bonkers about this stuff. That said, we also believe that if we solve the issues presented in this book, the rest of them will be well on their way to being solved too. For each global issue, a lot of hype is put into solutions that have far too little impact on the actual problem. In this book, we will provide a metric for each problem so that we can chip away at our own personal impact on the globe and maybe eventually even cover the footprint of 20 others. All right, just just real quick, um, I want to mention the whole thing about footnotes. And so, of course, when we're doing this as a podcast, you know, we're not going to mention the footnotes. But um, we're also intending to make it so that uh, there'll be at least, we, we've talked about this a few times, there'll be at least two footnotes per page. And uh, we've already had some pages that have like six footnotes. And by the time this thing's all done, there might be some pages with a dozen footnotes. That's a non-binding promise, just to be clear to all the pop, pop people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, uh, don't make an obligation for us. <laughs> so what am I obligating us to? But, you know, that's a, so, and then what we've decided to do is rather than like having um, like a statement and then it'll say uh, seven comma eight comma nine, meaning there's three different footnotes. Instead, what we're doing is we're limiting it um, to just one footnote and there'll be just a single number there. And then when you look at the footnote, it'll be a, uh, a, a tiny Permis link. So for those of you on the Daily Shemail, you know what we're talking about. We'll say permies.com slash T slash 44298. And so then that way you can type that in easily and get to the thread about that. And then that thread, there might be seven or eight links to different things just in the first post, and there might be seven pages of discussion about that topic. So, um, you know, what we're trying to do is to say these, I mean, these are, these are just stepping stones. This is like this footnote opens up a door to 20 more pages of stuff, which leads to another 100 pages of stuff, which leads to another 10,000 pages of stuff. So, you know, uh, it's it's going to be a bit of a of an abbreviated bibliography to try and squeeze this in so that the whole book still remains under 200 pages. All right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see where where are we? Where was I? Right there. Okay. For me, nearly all of our problems are solved with a recipe comprised mostly of homesteading and permaculture. Permaculture is a term first coined by Bill Mollison and David Holmgren in 1978 that is short for permanent agriculture or permanent culture. Some people have taken this term in directions that I am not comfortable with, but I have chosen to embrace the word anyways because I appreciate its original intentions and how nearly everything I advocate can conveniently fit into one simple, delicious word. Permaculture is a regenerative design science. I like to think that permaculture is a more symbiotic relationship with nature so I can be even lazier. Let's get to work. 
That's the introduction. Not too bad. Pretty short. Yeah. I think that's the end of, you know. Now, uh, um, before we end this podcast, do you have anything else that we should add at this point? I think we covered all the things. Oh, come on up to the thread for this podcast and let us know what you think. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and maybe if you signed up for the daily, just look at the other chapters that we already have out at uh, at that forum. Or you can buy yeah, some. And remember, you got to be logged in to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're not logged in, you can't. So, like, once you're signed up for the daily ish, you got to be logged in to Permis to be able to to see the the private forum. And then if you buy a piece of pie, uh, which I believe right now is three bucks, then that'll get you access to the pie forum. And I think that there's like three or four or five chapters in the pie forum. Um, four or five. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you can, you know, comment on all of those. It's not too late. We're still, you know, mashing some of that in. And, and we gotta just, you know, put in the caveat that probably about, I would say the stuff that we actually end up putting in is, is probably less than a third of the comments. Like a less than a third of the comments make a point where it's like, that is a good point. We need to add that into the book. Um, and then there's been a lot of comments where, like, you have to write this chapter a whole different way. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think any of those have been uh, have gotten in. I mean, we have had some chapters where we have changed the whole way that we wrote the chapter. Yeah. But I don't think it's because anybody suggested it. Um, no, I mean, a lot of times people are kind of like, I have a different political philosophy, and now you have to put my politics into your chapter. And yeah, I would say though most of the feedback has been really good. And, oh yeah. And sometimes some of the things that don't make it are things where people say, "Hey, you know, here's an idea for a direction you could take this. Take it or leave it if you want." And it's like I sit there and it's like, "Well, it's it's not a bad suggestion, but it just doesn't quite fit with what we're trying to say." True. You know, it's not that people's advice sucks or anything. I, I'm really grateful for all the feedback we've been getting. I think 95% of the suggestions that get made that don't end up in the chapter are things where um, uh, people read all the stuff and it's like, wow, you made like all these points that are really ring with me and you could add something about this other thing. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, something that we've already considered and we delete it. Like right. it's a good idea, but it, it just doesn't, Earn its keep. It doesn't. It, it, if we wanted to have a 700-page textbook, we would include it. Yeah. So some stuff just had to be cut, um, and that's one that didn't make the list. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, there's, there's like we like we listed six things, and you're listing uh, number nine on our list, um, and you know the the lower 20 things were all cut. And so, um, but we can have a public thread for each of these items to have a much richer list. That's cool. All right. So, uh, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about building a better world, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Don't forget. Go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.